welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is episode 29, and as always, thank you for listening and downloading to another episode of the podcast. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for a new podcast to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this is your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one, be sure to people know about the podcast. I recently saw a tweet on Twitter talking about how much sports and how you kind of get a variety of sports in the month of October. So I said, let me look into this. Let me exactly see what they're talking about. The The source was credible, but I wanted to dive in and see how crazy, how wild this particular month is when it comes to sports. As sports fans, we want all that we can get. We don't like those months Oh, right after the NBA, NBA playoffs are over, the NBA finals are over, you have June, July, beginning of August, where it's kind of dull, kind of bland, not really much to watch. You got baseball, but baseball regular season is not near as exciting or near as much, near as fu- fulfilling as the postseason in baseball is. So I said, let me look into this. Let me exactly see what it is this person was talking about. And I, I got to, I got to tell you. I found way more than what I was expecting. I mean, I knew about the NFL. We're in the heart of the NFL season. This is a time where we're going to separate the pretenders and the, the contenders. Uh, week 5 through 8 through 9 through 10. You kind of got to separate who is going to win the division, who's going to have a chance to win the Super Bowl in February, who's going to be the ones that are going to be trying or be close to being top picks in the upcoming draft. You have college football. I mean, we have a lot of big matchups coming up right now. USC, Notre Dame, Ohio. Ohio State, Wisconsin coming up in a couple, in a few weeks. You have LSU, Florida. You have Texas, Oklahoma. Just to name a few of the top match of the big matchups. Now, I, these are off the top of the dome. Uh, you, you, there are so many more uh, matchups coming up that it's insane. That is absolutely insane how wild the month of October is going to be, especially when trying to divide who's going to be a top four and for the college football playoff. Who's going to be five, six, seven, eight? A lot of good teams this year. A lot of teams that are that are so close to being. Uh, up there, some that are up there now, but may not be up there at the in a few weeks. This month is going to is going to divide and help us see who help us realize who's going who has the potential to be in the final four at the end of the season. MLB postseason, as I said, the postseason in the MLB for, for baseball is one of the most exciting postseasons, most exciting tournaments we have in sports. More exciting from beginning to end than the NBA playoffs. More exciting from beginning to end than the NFL playoffs. NHL playoffs are right up there, but let me tell you, the MLB postseason is one of the most exciting times, most exciting postseasons that we have in sports in America. If you, I, I encourage everyone find your dot, find TBS on your dial, find the MLB Network, find FS1, find Fox. You'll get there pretty soon. Find all these stations because you want to be locked in when these teams are playing and getting closer and closer and closer to the World Series. The NBA, the preseason is going on right now. My team, the Pacers, just had just played a couple games against the Kings uh, over in India. Had the first games, uh, first NBA games in India just uh, earlier this week. The NBA regular season starts October the twenty second. 
Yes, that is not a misprint. That's not me saying something false. No, it starts October the 22nd. It'll be here before we know it in just a couple of weeks. The NHL regular season has already started. The question everybody has going into the NHL season is, will the St. Louis Blues repeat? The same question you have for every league. Will the Blues, Will the, the, do the Blues have what it takes to repeat this season? We're going to find out as the NHL season unfolds. Major League Soccer is going on right now. The college basketball season does not start now. you get some exhibition games throughout this month, but the college basketball season starts November the 5th. The, uh, the, the, uh, the WNBA Finals are going on right now. The Washington Mystics are beating the Connecticut Sun 2-1. They play, I believe, in a couple days on the 8th to see who uh, Who's going to be, will the Sun tie the series or will the Mystics win and take the crown this year? For you soccer fans, you have the Premier League going on. You have La Liga going on. We have, it seems like we have UFC all the time, more than we used to. We have men's and women's tennis going on, the PGA Tour. I Trust me, I stopped the list there. The list could keep on going. This month is full of sports for fans like ourselves. After work, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, trust me, there's going to be something to watch. You will not have to get home and have to wonder or have to watch your wife's show that she loves, that she has to en encourage you or pull you or maybe sometimes bribe you to watch with her. No, no, no. You you have your excuse to go to your man cave or go wherever you watch your sports to say, honey, I have to watch this game tonight. Or honey, the Major League Baseball playoffs or tonight. Or honey, I want you to venture off and watch a different sport tonight. I'm going to watch some hockey. She's going to say hockey. You're we're gonna say yes. Trust me, everyone's gonna understand this is the month. This is a month for sports fans like you and sports fans like me. Let's go ahead and take a trip to the nation's capital. Because this QB situation going on with the Redskins has everyone scratching their head about what goes through Jay Gruden's mind when he makes a decision about who's gonna play every single week. You know those moments in life when it seems like you have three, four, or five options that are right in front of you on things you can do to enhance your life? Oh yeah, you know all these get-rich-quick schemes and how everyone has something to help you better yourself as a human being? You know how you get all these different ideas, one of your good friends give you, gives you an idea, you see something on the internet, something on Facebook, social media. You get all these different things that come right in front of you to help you better yourself as a person. And it seems like no matter what you try, nothing works out. The first one was the best one. The first one you brought in, you tried it, you got your hands dirty, you got you you put your brain together, you got your, all create, your creative juices flowing. But it seemed like that first idea that was in front of you didn't work. Then all of a sudden you tried two, three, four, five, six, and nothing seemed to work. And you wish you would have, would have just stuck with or nothing happened with you when it, in regards to the first option that was in front of you. I'm pretty sure that's how the Redskins are feeling right now with their quarterback situation. No matter what you... Now, Jay Gruden did come out recently and say that he was not for Dwayne Haskins and them drafting him in the first round. Hey, that, that that's that's neither here nor there. That, that's not a big problem right now. But I think what the what the issue is... The Redskins have these options. He's like one option's falling and the other option's falling. So they keep going. So the next option that's there, <laughs> it's not the best. It's not a good option at all. And so Jay Gruden is kind of scrambling and scrambling and scrambling and trying to figure out how in the world he is going to get a quality quarterback 
to play a full game at a at the caliber of a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now the thing is about the quarterback position with the Redskins, you got to go back and figure out how we got here. I was always told there's a story behind everything. How do we get to this point? Well, the Redskins, they've had some they got hit by the injury bug a couple times with a couple starting quarterbacks, one being a Mr. Alex Smith. Alex Smith came in, was traded to the Redskins on um, uh, in March of 18, the first day first day of the new of the new year. Signed a contract extension, a four year, 94 million dollar contract extension to do what? To be the man in Washington. The Washington Redskins thought Alex Smith was the answer to that specific position. Came in, played nine games, went six and three through those games that he played. So you think, okay, cool, things are going well for him. Uh, he's learning the system. He's doing well with the team. Bada boom, bada bing. Things are going to go great. Things are going to get up. We have a winning record. Um, we're not 500 or whatever or, or anything like that. No, no. We're doing very well. Well, what happened? Week 11 against the Texans, he suffered a compound and spiral fracture to his tibia and fibula in his right leg when he was sacked by Kareem Jackson and Mr. J.J. Watt. The injury reminded a lot of people, a lot of fans, a lot of especially Redskins fans of what happened to Mr. Joe Theismann, the former quarterback of the Redskins, who actually was hurt 33 years prior to the day in 1985. And if you want to go back on YouTube and watch that and watch that injury, watch the clip, just type in Joe Theismann injury, it will come up. It will be one of the first clicks that you see. And I will, I will warn you, this is one of those injuries that... It's one of those that if, if it happened today on a network, a network would have to quickly decide if they should show it again. You know that you know like the Paul George injury, or you know the, the young man at Louisville in the, in the uh, NCAA tournament that broke his leg on the court, well, right in front of the, uh, the bench, I believe it was right in front of the Duke the Duke bench, where players are literally covering their mouths, trying not to puke and trying not to let the puke that was in their mouth, uh, showing how disgusted they were, come out and be seen on national TV. It's literally one of those injuries. So if you're younger and you have not seen this, or if you're older and you want a, and you want a reminder, go to YouTube, click Joe Theismann injury. I warn you, it's 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 kind of graphic. Now the, the TV and the technology was not was not as good as it is now, but you can still see exactly what happened when Lawrence Taylor jumped up to tackle Joe Theismann and the injury happened. Alex Smith went down. Uh, was Angel was. If, with her, of course, you break your fibula, your tibia and fibula. Yeah, you're gonna be out for a while. Well, Colt McCoy came in and replaced Alex Smith. Um, once Alex Smith broke his leg, well, what happened? A couple weeks later, on Monday Night Football against the Eagles, Colt McCoy broke his right fibula when he was sacked by Malcolm Jenkins. A few weeks later, he was placed on IR, um, and that ended ended his season at that time. You're thinking, okay, Jay, wow, this is crazy. Alex Smith goes down. Cole McCoy literally goes down a couple weeks later. What happens next? Well, at the beginning of the season, the 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 before the draft, the Redskins decided to trade for Case Keenum for the Broncos. Okay, cool. You trade a guy. He started all every single game for the Broncos last year. You saw what he did there in Denver. Bring him from Denver to Washington, D.C. to quarterback the Redskins in the nation's capital. Great. Good idea. Everything's going well. Everything sounds perfect. Well, all of a sudden, what happens? Case Keenum, his performance this year has been, well, what? Pretty, pretty bad. Sub far. Team has team team not won a game with him as a starter. So what, what do they do? Eventually, eventually, he gets benched in the fourth game for poor performance. Well, hold on. You mean they, they brought him in to be the man. They brought him in to be the guy at the quarterback, quarterback position. 
Jay Gruden's kind of, he's not like in a contract year, but he's on the hot seat. So, so every decision that he makes is crucial. It's crucial. The right decision at the core acquisition, if you start winning games, you keep your job. The wrong decision, you're going to be, you're going to lose your job. So everything Jay Gruden does is crucial. He has to think and double think and triple think every decision that he makes. Well, what decision that he did he make that was kind of questionable that a lot of people said this individual was not ready to play quarterback in the National Football League? Well, in game number four, he decided to bench Case Keenum and put in Mr. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins coming out of Ohio State, a one-year starter there. Um, now, he, now in his one-year starting, he had a phenomenal year, uh, 4,831 passing yards, 50 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 70, uh, his completion percentage was 70%, which is amazing. Uh, Big Ten Player of the Year, Heisman finalist, Rose Bowl MVP, Big Ten uh, Championship Game MVP. I mean, for a one-year starter at a at a program of the caliber of as Ohio State, he probably had the uh, best one-year starter uh, one-year starter at the quarterback position that anybody has ever had at Ohio State. Some say he he had the best single season at the quarterback position in Ohio State history. And if you just go back one year, rewind just a tad to go back to see what it was that he did on the field at Ohio State, you will see that night, that game in, I'm going to say night in, game in and game out every single week, no matter who the appointment was, opponent was, not appointment, opponent was, Dwayne Haskins showed up and showed out and let everybody know that he was a starting quarterback caliber, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in college football last year some say and this this um past nfl draft the giants should have drafted him over daniel jones well giants fans have something to say about that and redskins fans may have may hope that the that the, the giants drafted haskins so they can have daniel jones I mean, you see exactly how the two have played so far so far in this current nfl season well they bring in uh, Mr. Dwayne Haskins in game number four. And what, what happened? Well, we saw what happened. His performance was not ready. Many scouts, many uh, um, people in the media, even people on the team have said Dwayne Haskins is not ready for the National Football League. It's not his time. Let's let's calm down. Let's relax. It's not his time just yet. No matter what he could be in the future, what he is now is not ready People forget that there are quarterbacks in the NFL that did not start right away. Mr. Aaron Rodgers didn't start right away when he came in. And we see how that one year of him sitting back and being groomed, how that helped him. Patrick Mahomes didn't start right away. We see exactly what he is doing now. Oh, one more. Tom Brady didn't start right away. I mean, there's so many quarterbacks that are great that, that are at the top of the league at, at the quarterback position that didn't start right away. Now, our microwave society where we want that instant satisfa satisfaction and instant gratification where we want someone to come in to be the next guy and all of a sudden we want them to play now. We want them to play now. There's no waiting. No, we drafted the first round. We want you to play now. Well, sometimes that now mentality isn't the best for the individual that we're talking about. And I think for Mr. Dwayne Haskins, he needed time to be groomed. He only played quarterback uh, in college one year. He was a one-year starter. Yeah, granted, he was on the team under Urban Meyer, learn, knowing the system and all the nuances there. But going from college football starting one year to leading a group of grown men 
in the National Football League where your play can affect their paycheck and their bonus? That's a completely different thing. And I think Dwayne Haskins was thrown out too early, thrown to the wolves, and he kind of got eaten alive. It wasn't his fault. Jay Gruden just said, hey, man, he had pressure from the front office as an Ohio State fan all over Twitter. And it seems like it's a little, it's fans that don't really think. They just tweet as a fan instead of using logic. They're like, oh, no, no, put him in. Put him in. Your team is not winning. Put him in. Put him in. And then is when they and then when they played him, like, oh, no, no, no. Take him back. Take him back. Put him back on the bench. Put him back on the bench. They got a little uneasy. They got a little confused as to what they wanted. And I want to say to all, everyone, I don't think Dwayne Haskins is ready. We saw that he wasn't ready. But Dwayne Haskins went in, and what happened? After Dwayne Haskins finished game four, they lost again. <laughs> Jay Gruden changed the quarterback, quarterback position one more time. He's trying to find that right fix to better himself, and all of a sudden, he's confused. He's confused as to what he should do. So he goes back to Colt McCoy, and Colt McCoy started just, uh, just, uh, just on Sunday. Honestly, just to be honest with you, when I think of Colt McCoy, I think of Texas. I don't think of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. That just lets you know what I think and the kind of quarterback Colt McCoy maybe has been. I think about his time with the, with the Longhorns in Austin, Texas, not what he has done with the teams that he has been on in the NFL. Yeah, yeah he may know Jay Gruden's uh, philosophy and his, and his system better than the other quarterbacks, Case Keenum and Dwayne Haskins. But I don't find him as being the best option to start a friend, to start a, start a, be a starting quarterback of a team. I get it. I understand it. He's there. He's available. A lot of people forgot about him. But Colt McCoy back starting for the Redskins. I think the one thing people forgot with Dwayne Haskins that they were putting him in, the Redskins have been hit by the injury bug. Two of their tight ends, Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed, both out. Both start uh, starter and a backup. Let me just say that. Uh, starting guard, Brandon, Sh- Brandon Scherf is out. Terry McLaurin, starting wide receiver. Teammate of Dwayne Haskins was out when he was playing. Chase Rullier, starting center, out. So they got hit by the injury bug. And I think it's been a big thing with the offense when they're when you're missing key pieces to your offensive line and your and your and your receiving court in your receivers it's kind of hard for any quarterback to succeed if you have new guys in front of you that you're relying on you to relying on for you relying on to block for you there we go relying on them to block for you and you don't trust them all of a sudden it's kind of like in the back of your head man will he get it will he get that block will the running back chip when he's supposed to will they slide to the right spot will they will they will they, will they cut that, that cut that guy when they're supposed to and so many times as a quarterback remember if it's case keenum remember if it's a colt mccoy dwayne haskins or even if alex smith comes back this year no matter who it is if you have guys in front of you that you can't trust it's going to be a long, long, long game. Hey, Redskins, Jay Gruden, I sure hope you figure this thing out, man. I sure hope you do because from the out, from, from where I'm sitting, it doesn't look pretty. Your, your team's not doing too hot. And Jay Gruden, you may be out of here sooner than you think. We normally only hear the name Simone Biles in the Olympics. When she's doing her thing and bringing home all the gold medals. That's just, just about it. Gold, Olympic Games, World Championships. Those are generally the only times that us fans that don't follow gymnastics on a regular basis hear the name Simone Biles. Because what does she do? All she does is win. 
Yeah, well, she has a couple bronze, a bronze, but you get it, a silver, you get it, you you know what I'm saying. All she does, all she does is win. That's that's kind of her mantra. That's, that's her motto. Um, that's how people think about Simone Biles, a four foot eight inch Simone Biles, the Olympic, uh, the Olympian that she is. You think all she does is win? Well, Miss Nancy Armour of USA Today recently wrote an article about Simone Biles and a committee that is trying to change some rules that affect how her moves or how her routine, how Miss Simone Biles' routines are graded. Well, the article is it's it's kind of a different style, kind of different format. The first word you see when you read the article is opinion. And the opinion is Simone Biles penalized for having skills other gymnasts can't pull off. And we all see that. We've all seen her perform. We've all seen her do her thing. And what we see is a young lady who is currently 22 years old that is at the top of her game and is nearly better than everyone. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter the age of her competitor, of her opponents. No, no, no. Doesn't matter what. She is better, literally better than than everyone. Well, the the committee that is in charge of these particular rules, the women's technical committee, they recently put out and changed how they're going to grade and how they're going to look at a couple new moves of Simone Biles. Um, well, the grading style is a little bit different. I, I'm not I'm not uh, too uh, keen and too up up to date with how they grade and how they judge uh, uh, gymnastics uh, routines. So I, I, the article actually spells everything out for you. Every element in gymnastics is assigned a letter, which corresponds to to a numerical value. A is a tenth of a point. If you get a B, it's a it's two tenths of a point, and so on and so forth. So if you get to J, you get one full point, and you the, the grades go where the letters go, A through J, A, B, C, D, E, F, you get you get the point. You get the point. I know my I know my ABCs, but you get the point that I'm trying I'm trying to say. Well, the committee is saying something, and then Simone Biles actually had a quote, which actually kind of makes you want to agree with what Miss Nancy Armour wrote. The committee says in assigning values to the new elements, the Women's Technical Committee takes into consideration many different aspects: the risk, the safety of the gymnast, and the technical direction of the discipline. There is added risk in landing of double saltos for beam dismounts with or without twist, including a potential landing on the neck. Reinforcing, there are many examples where decisions have been made to protect the gymnast and preserve the direction of the discipline. Now, what you, now? how does that affect Simone Biles? What does Simone Biles have to say about that? Well, Simone Biles says, am I in a league of my own? Yes, but that doesn't mean you can't credit me for what I'm doing. They keep asking us to do more difficulty and to give more harder skills, so we do, and they don't credit it. And I don't think that's fair. So that's what Simone told NBC after learning of the decision of the Women's Technical C Committee. They actually graded um, a couple of her a couple of her new new routines, which her coach had to push her to perform. And, and it some, sometimes it took months. Sometimes it literally took years for Simone Biles to keep moving and to keep trying and to keep pushing herself as an athlete to keep trying newer things, go to newer heights. And well, as you see Simone Biles, no matter where she goes, what does she do? All she does is win. Yeah, like I said, a couple of her new moves that her coach had to push her to um, are, are being graded a little bit different. Simone Biles is doing two new skills at the Worlds. A triple twisting double somersault on floor exercise and a double twisting double somersault dismount 
off-balance beam. The triple-double was valued as a J skill, while the double-double was only deemed to be an H. Now, like I said, I am not one that follows gymnastics. The Olympic sports are some that I watch or follow once every four years as a casual fan, but I have to follow, I have to go under the expertise of those that follow us on a daily basis. And when a, a lady such as Nancy Armour, who, who gets the backing of a USA Today, says something like this, and I see exactly how they're grading Simone Biles' skills and her new routines, and these are two routines that no one else is trying. Why? Because no one else can do them. I completely understand the idea to protect you from yourself. I completely understand the idea as an athlete to push yourself to try something new that maybe you that you don't think you can do. Maybe that no one's no one's no one is putting any faith in you, but you feel like the only way for you to beat this young lady or the only way for you to get better as an athlete is to literally try something that you don't think you have the skills to do, but it's the only way for you to win. So in the, in the, when the adrenaline's pumping and the crowd's cheering for you, that music is going, you have one or two options to do what I know I can do or to do what I think I can do. And in doing what I think I can do, then I may have a chance to win something that I've never had before. Yeah, we compete. We like to have fun. But ultimately, we want to win. In the sport of gymnastics, the sport of uh, whatever it may be, we all want to win. I mean, people always want to have the upper hand. Let's go to the mainstream sports. Football, basketball, baseball. What happens? HGH, uh, performance-enhancing drugs. Remember a few years ago when uh, they got Ray Lewis for that deer antler spray. Never heard of that performance-enhancing drug, but Ray Lewis sure has. Uh, What is it in baseball? Steroids are crazy. Now, granted, you think of a baseball player, you don't see them as using steroids. But in a sport where you're playing every single day and your speed of recovery is very, very important, yeah, you're going to be trying to use something, pitchers specifically, to help you get back and to help you recover faster than your opponent so you can be at the forefront of your uh, of your sport, be the best at your craft every time you perform. So you go back to gymnastics. It's the same thing. These young ladies are trying to do what? Beat somebody that they've never beaten before. And if the judges are going to say, hey, we're going to change the grading scale to knock in the dock how we're going to grade your 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 particular your particular routine or your particular move because no one else can do it, they're like, hey, that, that's not fair. That's not fair at all. You say it's not it's not fair to anyone. Not fair to you, not fair to the judges who are changing things, who are altering things in their brain to try to say this is right when it's not. But think about the young people. Think about the young ones that are coming up, that are trying to be the next Simone Biles, that are trying to be the be the next Gabby Douglas, that are trying to be the next ones to come up and trying to be uh, on that Olympic stage or the World Championship stage and trying to be say, hey, mom, dad, I want to be like that one day. And then they say, well, hey, mom, mom and dad say, hey, look, well, they're not doing her. They're not being fair for her. They're not doing things right. They're altering the rules so she doesn't have the upper hand with everyone else. Do you want to be in a situation where you're all alone and you have to try harder just to win even though you're better, even though your head and shoulders better? And this is going to be something where people that are are going to have to say, hey man, look, is this what I want? Is this what I want for myself? Is this what I want for uh, me in the future to where people are going to cheat? People are going to alter the very rules that are there so that, so that I don't have the upper hand hey 
That's the world we live in. Someone always wants to have the upper hand. Someone always wants to knock you down. Simone Miles, I am proud of you for doing what you're doing. Proud of you for standing up and knowing exactly what's going on with the committee. But hey, committee, to you as well, don't shortchange this young lady. She's too good for that. She's she's way too good for that. She may come with something else that you can that you have no right to give her anything but a J or a 1.4. Why? Because she is that good. And her coach probably has something in the back of his head that'll say, hey, well, if they're gonna knock this one, we're not gonna give them the ability or the chance to knock this next move because it's gonna be bigger and better and something that they have never seen before. Before we get out of here, I want to talk about this uh, fair pay to play act real quick. Um, very shortly, very brief. <clears throat> Mark Emmert came out recently with some more comments. Uh, he sat down, sat down with uh, uh, the Indy Star for a 30, 30 minute, 30 second, no, 30 second interview is not long at all, for a 30 minute interview. And I started thinking about something here. And I, I kind of touched on it a little bit with the, with the young people. This fair pay to play, I'm all for it. I don't mind them getting um, paid for the name, image, and likeness at all. In the land where, in the country that we live in, that's kind of a very American that you get paid for what you do. I completely get it um now i'm not saying that the collegiate athletes are employees no the scholarships that they get the uh uh uh, uh attendant stipend or st the uh the cost of attendance stipend that they get um trust me th these athletes have way more resources than people did 5 10 15 years ago so i'm not saying all that but the name image, image and like this i am for but let's think about the youth for a little bit the AAU circuit, the high schools, the middle schools, the travel leagues that young people are, that young, that children are, children and teenagers are playing in every single week, all throughout the year. We all see how how crazy and how um, these young the young men and women are being somewhat specialized in a particular sport. I'm more more along the lines of a child or a young kid or a teenager should play as many sports as they can, should be as active as they can. Don't specialize. I, I, I remember people that specialized in baseball when they were younger. Yeah, they could have played other sports, but they specialized in baseball or they specialized in basketball. Wouldn't touch anything. I remember a coach when I was in high school that wouldn't let his uh, basketball players do any other sport. Even to the fact that one of his, uh, his guy started as a freshman. He was a starting point guard on his high school team. Ran track on his high school team. Dad was dad was very good at, at track in his own right. And the coach said, "Hey, you want to do track your freshman year? But, but if you're going to be on my bat, if you're going to be on my basketball team, you're not playing. You're not going to be running track again." Now you say track? What are you doing? You're running and you're jumping. What does that do on the, on the basketball court? Helps you be more explosive. Helps you jump higher, jump further, jump farther, and it helps you be uh, helps you quick. It, it's uh, the the two go hand in hand. But this particular coach said, "No, we're not doing that." But my thing with the youth is the especially with the AAU circuit and this, and this travel ball. Is this pay to play? Is this pay to play going to stop? And we have, we see how the AAU circuit and how there were so many people with their hands in the uh, with these with these young athletes and how. They're not really there for them. Some of them are not. Some of them are. I'm not saying all of them are not. But some of these men uh, are not there to have the best interest of the athletes in mind. It's all about them making another dollar. 
And if the law, if it goes, if it's a state law and, it, and the NCAA doesn't adopt it, which I think they will, because they, they're going to see that all these different states are going to adopt it and it's going to knock out some of the schools that they want in their tournament. So it's saying, well, the NCAA is going to have no choice but to adopt it or knock the schools out. Well, imagine, imagine a tournament where you have uh, no, no Ohio schools, no California schools, no Texas schools. No Georgia schools. And you start knocking out states and states and states where their schools are not going to be in just in a tournament. In a, uh, college football, college basketball, volleyball, uh, uh, tennis, uh, wrestling, uh, golf. No matter what the collegiate sport is, think about that. Think about how it's going to knock those athletes out. I think NCAA is going to do that. But I'm afraid that at some point this is going to trickle down even more into a legal aspect of, uh, of, of the youth. And now we're going to have young high school people. They're going to basically get exploited. And you're going to have parents basically be more um and feel, feel feel more entitled than they already do. I'm going to close with this. I remember one time recently I was at a high school game in my area. Me and my dad went out. Um, USC running back right now, Marquis Step, played at Cathedral High School here in the area. He was playing my rival high school. Well, there was a guy that was playing for my high school that who's who's who he felt entitled. He literally felt entitled, and he felt like if my son didn't get the ball, then uh, then uh, the coach is wrong. If my son didn't get the ball at this time or that time, or you run the wrong play, if the play you feel is right and we score and we get a long gain, uh, but my son doesn't get the ball, I, I don't like the coach. I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. I think it's a problem. And I think, okay, so now imagine that, that fair pay to play, name, image, and like is trickling down into the high school ranks where you're not getting paid to be a high school player, but you could basically get a, a, a agent to trickle down and to affect the high schooler and say, hey, man, um, you're not going to be getting paid now, but in the future, if you come to this school, if you come to that school, if you come to that, if you come to that, then you, I can get you this endorsement. I can get you that endorsement. You tell your dad about that. You tell your mom about that. Talk about entitled parents. Talk about talk about high schools where uh, fans are getting outrageous and there are fights in the stands. And there's that one dad or that one mom who wants to uh, let everyone know how good their son is and where their son is going. Well, imagine this conversation. Hey, my son's going to X school. I'm not going to say a school right now. You know what they have promised to them when they get there? Oh, they got this endorsement from this car lot or from this bank, and they even have an endorsement to do uh, some autograph signings before the spring game. How about that? How about that? Talk about entitled parents. Oh, yeah, it's, it, this thing could take a different turn there as well. Fair pay to play is good for college, but I'm afraid about what it's going to do to the, to the parents and how it's going to affect them down the road. Parents, I understand it. You made them. Uh, <laughs> you reformed. You're the, you're the biggest biggest uh biggest cheerleader but don't i sure hope i sure hope this that parents don't feel more entitled which they may that but that parents don't feel more entitled because their kid may have uh, uh an endorsement or two down the road once they get into college thank you for listening to another episode of the jay stevens podcast as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Underscore J25. Once again, that is at Dr. Underscore J-A-Y, the number two, and the number five. You can send all emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com. You can send all emails to, once again, at jstevenspod at gmail.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for listeners that are uh, searching for a new podcast to listen to to come across this one. 
Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one, be sure to people know about the podcast. This has been episode 29 of the JC Podcast. I'll see you next time. Bye.